episode 36 for Deepening Roots and Growing Branches here at New Life EV Free Church in Hastings, Minnesota. Welcome back, Pastor Brent Compelin, after hey. your long winter's rest, uh, both <laughs> on vacation and then sicky sick. Yep. Yeah, was not doing great over the last week, but feeling yeah. great now. Really glad you're back. So you were gone uh, a pair of Wednesdays when we usually record, and then the last time the audience heard from either of us yep. was my first debut, which is kind of redundant. It was a debut, first time debut of my solo podcast. So if you didn't hear episodes 34 and 35, it was on goal setting, which as I articulated over those rather verbose uh, two-part episodes, uh, I am uh, very much a goal-oriented person, as I know you are. I, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Uh, we could even do a sequel to those or a, or a third because I did two. Um, but before we get into that, I want to kind of uh, set up today's topic by saying uh, this is the 36th episode and one uh, paraphrase I'm going to use from one of my favorite childhood TV shows was um, three times 12 is 36. That's a little homage to Schoolhouse <laughs> Rock. And we're going to get into Schoolhouse Rock a little bit later because our topic today in our transformational outcomes is called fragmented to integrated. But my wife, Wendy, believe it or not, does listen to every episode. And often we sit down together either yep. during dinner or maybe after supper later in the evening. We listen and she gives very good pointed feedback, very constructive and encouraging. But she says, Paul, not everyone even knows what is a transformational outcome. Yeah. We've developed those over many of these 36 episodes and counting. But Brent, I would love to just grill you. Uh, tell us the origin story, like a superhero. Yeah. What is the origin? origin of transformational outcomes specific to new life. And you could even give a shout out to the original committee. And, yeah. and by the way, as Brent does flesh this out, know that we've already covered eight of the 12 transformational outcomes. They're all labeled in the podcast titles, and we have four to go today being the fourth to last. Yeah. Well, the quick history is if you go back a couple years now, we were discerning in you know 2020 going into 21, our church was growing and we knew we would need some uh, we wanted to be really clear about the vision of wh what we, who we are and where we're going and what kind of co uh, calling God has on us in, in uh, his mission in this particular place and time. And we also knew we had facility needs. You know, mm -hmm. there's going to be an expansion of things. And so uh, we had a vision planning team that was commissioned um, by the members, asked our elders to select a committee in order to be able to work on some of this vision-related things and talk about facility needs. That group, which is a wonderful, uh, just lovely group to meet yes. with over the, the course of quite a long time, we were meeting for gosh, two years, close to two years. I think you counted 60 separate meetings, yeah, right? 60 this individual meetings. Put, put in so much time and effort. So that included me, uh, Mike Rose, Lauren Applegate, Mary Lee Watts, uh, my wife, Sarah, and Jeff Moulton. And then we had a couple others who jumped in from staff mm -hmm. at different points. And um, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Hopefully I'm not. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but that group worked so hard to articulate specific language as I was coaching them through that process. And we were doing some discovery, looking at biblical concepts that honestly we've covered in this podcast. Yes. You and I've talked about them. The genesis of those in terms of how they became part of our vision was me discussing and fleshing these things out with this group. And mm -hmm. we were, we were just diving in the Bible and we were writing things down and we've got big post-it note boards and stuff. They're sitting right behind me on the yeah. wall. Um, it was wonderful. And as our, and I was kind of communicating, our elders were involved in that conversation. It was really a collaborative effort across our leadership. Yes. So we developed not only a 
kind of tagline of our strategic goal, which is to develop a training center to form ambassadors of Jesus Christ by inspiring awe through creation. Mm -hmm. Very specific language that we've, we've talked about already in this podcast. But we wanted to give a picture, like paint a picture of, okay, what are the things that we're recognizing our cultural idols or our things that we um, need to come away from or move out of or be redeemed out of in terms of our way of thinking or in terms of sin or in terms of what other things our culture has sort of taught us to do that are not actually part of God's kingdom or part of the gospel. That's right. And we, so we articulated what we call transformational outcomes mm-hmm. to be very specific about the things we want to move, move from and then move towards. Yes. So Ooh. these outcomes really help us to dive deeper into that thinking. And so we've already covered a bunch. Like um, today's topic is one of them. So yes. without um, maybe you can go back and read the previous episodes and look at the ones we've already covered. We've done eight out of 12. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these have to do with moving from, as today's topic is, uh, from fragmented to integrated is today's topic. Another ones that we've done before are uh, entitled to selfless. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving from uh, individual to community is another one. I mean, it's like all these things that maybe are not, we, we stumble and we fall into all these ways in the world. And then in the gospel, we are redeemed, but we're redeemed towards some specific things in our particular day and age. Yes. And I just, as you're talking, I, yep. I reminded Schoolhouse Rock, prepositions matter, yep. right? So I love Grammar <laughs> Rock. And actually I have my Bible open to First Thessalonians 1. Yeah. And and uh, I grew up, or should I say, as a young adult in a church where Pastor John Piper often really hung on prepositions. Yeah. And let me just read this quickly. And this has to do with transformational outcomes. This is First Thessalonians. Uh, 1 verse 9, um, you turned to God from idols yep. to serve the living and true God, true and living God, and to wait for his son uh, from heaven. And um, the idea is a transformational outcomes, if I can chime in as someone yeah. uh, uh, added later to the campaign leadership team and to membership and now to staff, uh, the idea of transformational outcomes is to take something that is either natural, quote unquote, or worldly or sinful, or even something that you're wired yeah. w- apart from Christ and then to make it transform for God. And so we're, exactly. we're, we are turning from something, even if something seems good, it could be a weight, yeah. something that is not necessarily thriving and flourishing. It's to be in maximizing Christ. It could be like in, it says yep. in Hebrews 12, Brent, that uh, there's two kinds of things that we need to cast away to, to run the race set before us. One is a weight, which is something unnecessary and cumbersome. The other yep. is a sin, which so easily entangles. So anyway, that first Thessalonians one nine, I love that to God from idols. And yes. similarly, we're, tur- we're turning from things to a transformational outcome. Exactly. That what you just read is the principle behind. I did not know that. The idea okay. of doing transformational outcomes, but what you're going to see as we flesh these out today, but also in the previous ones that we've done and the coming ones that we will do, this list is very contextualized to the 21st century uh, American, like Western culture and the secular world that we live in. Mm-hmm, that's so right. It, this is contextualizing what things what things are redeemed and changed and transformed in us through the gospel and for us specifically in this time period. So uh, we realize that they're not necessarily applied all over the place or universal across church history. Mm -hmm. Some can, some can't, but we want to be really specific. What are our goals? What fruit do we want to see? Yes. 
in our lives at this moment in the kind of culture that we live in. And that's what these transformational outcomes are for. And you just, if we had like a tip jar, you said the word goals. <laughs> I know. Go again. And so that's just the thing, audience. When we're talking about things like goals, yes, last time I talked about physical, spiritual, financial, and skillful, but essentially the 12 transformational outcomes at New Life E-Free Church are goals. Yeah. What We have to have a purpose. We have to have direction. Again, this is not about works righteousness or something that is going to give us points with God. God the Father, or even with our fellow congregants here at New Life or our fellow churches in the in the uh, EFCA North Central District. This is actually for us to be more purposeful than if we were just kind of floating along like lily pads or, or a reed tossed yeah. and forth by the wind. It's it's something that we can get our minds around and then our activities around as well. Yeah, I, to just give one more thought to that. Sure. I think a lot of times in churches, we will say things like, we need to disciple people well. Yes. Let's do discipleship. <laughs> and our, you're a disciple. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I want. That's what I know we're supposed to do. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Yes. The beauty of how um, the Lord has equipped his church generation by generation in different eras of history, different cultures in different time periods, Yes. is that we contextualize that to say, well, okay, what does discipleship mean in 2024. That's right. Because there's some really specific things that are on our plate mm -hmm. in our culture as Americans in this particular place, even in our own community locally, but mm -hmm. especially nationally, right? Yes. So that's where we have to think very carefully as a church to put some some specificity to that, yes, to flesh that out. And that's what these transformational outcomes are for. Excellent. So, so yep. with that recap, hey, Wendy, I hope you like that recap. <laughs> and by the way, that's the other thing Wendy coaches me on because we've been married almost 31 years. And, and she says, you know, Paul, you should ask Brent more questions because I tend to enjoy my own pontification. Um, and so that's why the solo uh, was kind of a fun challenge for you. But there we go, audience. If you're like my wife, Wendy, you now have a recap of the origin story or maybe the more biblical word, the genesis of transformation. <laughs> Outcome. So today we are on number yep. nine of 12. And again, no particular order. In fact, Brent and I, yep. as the committee made these lists, uh, this list, a singular couple of years ago, they also were in no particular order. We're doing this according to either as the spirit moves or as guests or our, our yeah. own conviction. So today is fragmented to integrated. Yeah. I'd love this one. And it might sound a little at first blush to some of you listeners, like what in the world do they mean by that? <laughs> And it, I want it to cause a little dissonance ah. on purpose because what we need to discover and talk about here for a moment is the ways in which the culture we're living in, the times we live in, but just the lifestyles we lead have caused our lives, ourselves, even our view of who we are, our understanding of the way that God made us. Mm -hmm. It's really fragmented us. Yep. It's caused us to put things into compartmentalized buckets and we have not really a good understanding that of the the wholeness of who we are and mm -hmm. how God designed us to be. So fragmented is a word that I want to like intentionally cause us to go what in the what do you mean by that and look at my life with a critical eye about how I compartmentalize maybe my spiritual life to like Sunday mornings uh -huh. and I go when I listen to a good sermon and then I go home and then it doesn't really affect much else throughout the week. But then I've got my health. And so then I go to the gym and I like do that for one hour. And then I've got my kids and I sort of, uh, oh, I feel kind of guilty. I haven't like said a good question to them or like invested in them in some fashion. So then I carve out a little bit of time here. And it's like everything becomes 
a little sliver uh. of some obligation we're trying to satisfy, and we don't see it as a bigger picture of a good and beautiful design of how God made us as his image bearers. That's right. So we're kind of, by saying fragmented, we're kind of building upon some of the previous things we've talked about, about image bearing. So go back and listen to those episodes. Yes. But what strikes you when we say the word fragmented to kind of describe our lives in the 21st century? What what, what do you think of? Well, the opposite, we'll get into the word integrated, but I think of integrity and integral. And we have huh. talked about the word in the past, yeah. but if we focus for a minute on the negative, fragmented, hey, you know what? Another word that starts with the words F or the letters F-R-A is frazzled, frazzled. Ah! <laughs> you, you feel like uh, Kathy, the old commissary. You're, you're yeah. always sort of, your hair is on end, you look like a cat uh, that's gonna ready to strike. And so fragmented yeah. is the opposite of whole in yeah. that we not only in a, in a very, maybe even a, in a well-intentioned sense, we tend to just take a care, you mentioned, take care of your family, take care of your job, your, your workout, your church, and everything's sort of like checking off the box, not seeing that they're interrelated because then in a very negative sense, yeah. if any one of those areas is out of whack, either through neglect or God forbid, through overt sin, yeah. it will affect everything else. There's nothing yep. that you do that, just like we know from what Jesus said, uh, whatever you whisper and seek, it will be shouted from the rooftops. So there's mm. no thought or word that we will ever not give an account for on, yeah. uh, in the judgment seat of Christ. But at the same time, there's no action that the Lord won't see and that won't affect other areas. And that also goes yep. for good actions, which is the positive side thing. A cup of cold water in Jesus' name, you'll not lose your reward. And that little act of kindness to a small child or even yeah. an animal or even your property, as we'll talk about in a few episodes with Mike Larson regarding um, regenerative farming, those acts of goodness do relate to your character everywhere else. But then the negative, the fragmentation, yeah. if we think we can sin or neglect one area and it's not going to affect everything else, we yeah. are mistaken and actually deceived. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the things that our culture tells us is okay to do. Uh, like it's, you can... In the kind of world we're living in where it's a relativized sense of good and and what's right and what's wrong, mm -hmm. and when there's a, such a hyper-focus on self, yes, there's this sense of, well, go ahead and do it as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Ah, uh, yes. And that's it's part of what we're sort of taught or the narrative of what, what we're allowed to do mm -hmm. is as long as it's sort of um, just your thing and it doesn't bother me or it doesn't affect anybody else, then it's fine. Yes. And there's a sense of that's an absolute lie. Yes. Because <laughs> most of the time there is no way something can be so isolated in your life that it doesn't affect you or anybody else in some way. And so everything, it's just living in that kind of a, a way is 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 a facade. It doesn't actually work. It is a facade. And I'm actually looking through my notes, Brent, because recently some of the staff, uh, including you and me, went to a seminar. Yeah. And I believe in that seminar, Dr. Thaddeus Williams talked about the, the chief end of man. If you wanted to yeah. make a, a catechism for the modern sensibility of, of, of 20, uh, 21st century America in the 20. Uh, uh, 2024, it's happiness, personal happiness yeah. trumps everything else. And that goes to what you're saying. If it doesn't hurt anybody else, well, wait a minute, how do you know your thought or action isn't going to hurt somebody else? Yeah. And that kind of goes toward marriage, which is one of my favorite topics. And that's that any one marriage isn't just about those two people, yeah. or even if they have children, it's not, it's about the entire community. Because when a marriage succeeds, it's essentially like yeah. when the marriage succeeds, everyone rejoices. When a marriage fails, everyone is mournful. And I'm not throwing under the bus anyone whose marriage has happened. 
have yeah. failed, yeah. but just know your marriage affects others just like your personal choices affect you and everybody else around you. Yeah. So what we're getting at here is that there's a relational dimension to our fragmentation. Yeah, there you go. Relationship again, right. it comes back to that. Yep. So there's a relational dimension to the fact that we live in a fragmented age. There's also a sense of the fragmentation of our view of ourselves. So this affects um, our view of our bodies. Yes. So I know that's something that's passionate for you, Paul. Oh, yeah. That we need to, we've talked about it before in the podcast, the recovering a sense that we are embodied helps us to fight against this fragmentation. But we need to think about that deeply because the fact that I may be uh, have an emotional or relational thing happening in my life, my physical body is affected by those things that are happening emotionally or psychologically or, or whatever, oh, yeah. relationally, right? So in the same sense, what I do to my body, whether I eat well or exercise or whether I have some kind of illness or whether there's some uh, seasonal effectiveness disorder, like whatever other mm -hmm. things are happening physically with my body, yes. my hormones are out of whack or I don't know, whatever other things, I'm not a doctor. So, <laughs> but when you deal with that physical reality, you can wonder why I'm so, why am I so emotionally volatile? Yes, well, exactly. It's because my body's not healthy and those things are all connected. That's right. They're very much connected. God made it that way. He did make it that way. And it reminds me of a couple of times in Paul's letters, he talks about we're one body in Christ. And if, if one part suffers, they all suffer with it. Yeah. And that goes back to it. And, and another Schoolhouse huh. Rock shout out is I'm a machine. You're a machine. Everybody that you know, you know that they are machines to keep your engine on. You needed energy for your high powered revved up body machine and so biblically <laughs> audience let me let me pause what would the bible call the body instead of a machine Bueller, Bueller. It would be the temple of the Holy Spirit if That's you're a right. Christian. Okay, but let's just be fair to Schoolhouse Rock. I don't think it's blasphemy or heresy to call the body machine. Yep. But similarly, you know, Matt McCall is my mechanic, and and there's many good mechanics in our church, and he happens to do it for a living, or at least he did formerly, and now he's doing uh, various jobs and, and very productive. But if a car is out of whack, yeah. it will have a transmission issue, even the tires. The car is very complicated, yep. and I would argue the body's even more complicated, and my quick shout out about my personal background uh, audience, I did say in episode 34, talking about being over 200 pounds for uh, the better part of my 30s, um, not only was I 50 plus pounds overweight, I was much more volatile. Yes, there was something to do with circumstantial depression over infertility. There was something to do with uh, sort of the first stage burnout in my young first 10 years of my career, but I was eating garbage. I was eating so poorly that I will tell you that my emotional volatility combined with my prone to sickness and my prone to uh, uh, just irritability and impatience with others all were exacerbated when I was eating very poorly. Go back and listen to episode 34 if you want, but, and maybe later in this episode, I'll refer to a couple of the things about nutrition specifically, but when we are not taking care of our machine or biblically our temple, yeah. it will come out in, in not just weights of like irritability and neglect, but sin of like outbursts of anger. It'll come with the sin of not taking care of ourselves so we're actually ill so we can't serve others the way we should. Yeah. So it is integral. So the fragmentation says I can eat Doritos every day, drink pop and get six hours sleep a night and I'll be optimal for service for the Lord and my wife and my whomever else I'm serving that day. 
the integration is yeah. every time I take water, good water, or eat good nutrition and get good sleep, the benefit is to bless others the next day and perhaps years to come because we're not cutting yeah. our life short by treating our body like it's a, uh, a demolition derby to yeah. use a thing from the I, 70s. <laughs> I love that you brought in the picture of the church as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is like a, this is not a stretch at all. I, I, I it's very purposeful that, uh, in God's word, there is this metaphor of the body of Christ. Yes. And it's, uh, if you need, want to go read these passages, Romans chapter 12 and first mm-hmm. Corinthians 12 yes. are the two main ones. And, um, and Ephesians four as well is, is mm-hmm. all can we throw in there? Um, in this, in these passages, it's very clear that the body is an integrated whole, integrated. and that the members of the body, the parts of the body, uh, are reliant upon one another and need to function in their unique and particular part of the body in its fullness in order for the body to be healthy. So it's the same with ours. Like yes. if I don't take good care of my cardiovascular health, my mental health will suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, my body's an integrated whole. So mm-hmm. I love that that the Lord in his sovereignty, in his word, has used the body as an image of the church. Yes. Because we then, in our pursuit of, I'll say, you know, personal health, for me, for you, Paul, for others, Mm -hmm. that is a living illustration of what we should be desiring of and pursuing as a church body. Yes, relationally, theologically, all the good stuff Uh that makes us one in Christ. Exactly. So I want to personally have... Uh, physical health. I want to be growing intellectually as I learn more. I want to take care of my body. All these various things. We need to do the same with the church. Mm-hmm. We need to be really sharp as we study theologically. We need to make sure we care for one another relationally. We need to make sure that we take care of and bandage the wounded and the hurting. Yes. We also need to be building muscle as we grow and learn. I mean, yes. like all those metaphors work perfectly they do, for this. Absolutely. And ultimately, let me tie back to a previous episode we've talked about. There's a key word in the Bible when we go from fragmented to integrated. The word shalom ah, is critical in the Bible. Peace. There's a sense of, of peace. And we've we've described this word in a previous episode just, just recently, um, that shalom in the Bible is this sense of God's wholeness and perfection and peace and putting the pieces together in a way that brings God glory. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what peace means. It's not to the absence of violence. It's not political only, although it does include that. Mm-hmm. It's broader than that. And so when we talk about God being the God of peace, we are really talking about God being the God of a good wholeness, the way things are made to be, mm-hmm. the way things de- are hit in his good design, living in their full functioning for his glory. That's what shalom really means. And so that's what heaven's going to be. Yes. But in the anticipation of heaven, is as a foretaste and signpost to it, we need to care about integration yes. of our faith and our understanding of God's good design into every square inch of our lives. Yes, and so right. that means yes in the church, yes. but it also means when I go home that I actually take care to see that my my understanding of the gospel, my belief and trust in Jesus, my being a part of God's kingdom and his child, that affects everything that I do day to day. Yes. And I don't want to see these disparate things in my life, these these compartmentalized boxes that don't relate to one another and get co-opted for wrong. That's right. I want to put them all together under the lordship of Jesus and live in an integrated way, seeing 
the lordship of Jesus expressed in all the things that I do. That's yes. what we mean by going to integrated. And I would even say it's not uh, to, to integrate so we're not lukewarm in other yeah. areas. Again, it doesn't mean equal intensity all the time with every issue. There's there's a grace that happens. Even on, on the seminar recently we attended, uh, we talked about the grace of, of different convictions, the way we use words or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a, a spectrum. <laughs> Excuse me for that. Um, but... We need to be intentional so that if we, let's say, do overlook an offense, as Proverbs tells us to do, yep. or if we do uh, uh, watch a movie, or you even referred to a, a really good documentary recently that featured Kirk Cousins. Yep. And I appreciated, first of all, you didn't say the platform, so you weren't tempting anyone just to go to that platform to watch this. But <laughs> yep. Kirk Cousins, our brother in the Lord, he stood out like a good sore thumb in that he wasn't swearing like a truck driver as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And the point is, though, that uh, someone might say, oh, why did you even watch that if you dared to uh, have your ears hear the foul mouth of the other quarterbacks? Well, because <laughs> we got to the good stuff of Kirk as different. Yeah. And so that's just the idea. There is grace for different um, uh, mediations. But if you just were to hear that language yeah. from the foul mouth person and didn't think of it, oh, I better avoid that. And actually, it sounds very crass. And look at our brother Kirk. In fact, do you want to just yeah. say that? What happened after Kirk Cousins lost the NFL yeah. playoff game a year ago? What did he do when he went home and tucked his boys in bed? Yeah, um, I loved this story. If you were here on that Sunday, you, you'll remember this. So Kirk loses this NFL playoff game on national television. He goes home in the car with his wife, arrives, and his little boys are there, and he's tucking him into bed. And you can just see like all of that stuff that had just happened and the failure and everything in public Behind the scenes, here's like this humble, gentle, uh, godly man who sits there with his five-year-old and sings out loud, on Christ the solid rock I stand. It's amazing. All other ground is sinking sand. Mm -hmm. And you can just see like he's processing his own vocational aspirations falling on their, like, on their face. Yes. And he's saying, you know what? Um, I have Jesus. Yes. And that's of ultimate importance. Yes. And so it's just it's just beautiful. But to 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 come back here <laughs> to our topic in that the the integrated way of approach, what you're describing is that we live as a contrast to the world that is yes. so fragmented mm -hmm. because that contrast is part of our mission. It's part of our missionary or, or or missional impact in the world of being living witnesses for God's kingdom. So when we pursue caring about our physical bodies, because we're embodied creatures, God's yes. image bearers, embodied soul. There you go. When we care about that, when we care about how we treat God's creation, when we care about how we do our vocations to the best of our abilities, when we care about relationships, when we care about learning and continuing to challenge ourselves intellectually, when all these things become integrated into Jesus is Lord of my life, how can I live out my faith in every area? Mm -hmm. That reintegration actually is a bright contrast to a fragmented world, and in fact, takes things captive that the world has taken away, yes. that things like uh, caring about God's creation, we sort of have allowed others to um, take that as their priority, and then you've got the whole like, environmental movement, which is is so many things that are just like wacky yeah, about that skewed but but when you actually say no you know what god has a good design for how he made this place 
let's recover that and say that this is about the lordship of Jesus. It's not about some political thing, right? So yeah. you get to, in moving from fragmented to integrated, be a living witness for the yes. kingdom of God. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I just want to put a capstone on the <clears throat> Kirk Cousins anecdote, because even though, again, I, I tend to go off on these tangents that seem not to relate, let's just say this. If Kirk had sworn like a truck driver, <laughs> or we saw him with these cameras rolling, by the way, in this uh, documentary, if we saw him in the locker room, on the field, or in the car home with his wife, without yeah. his sons there, and he's going, blah, 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 and all those little uh, cartoon uh, asterisks and exclamation <laughs> points, um, and then he went home and sung, on Christ the Solid, Rock I stand, yeah. that would fall shallow and hollow. Absolutely. And that reminds me of James 3.10. Yep. Yep. Uh, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. That's James 3.10. The whole chapter 3 of yeah. James is about taming the tongue. And if you just use language alone, especially foul language, but even blessing language, we can't think that we can yep. swear like a, an NFL player on one <laughs> hand and still go to church on Sunday for that one hour of 168 hours. One hour you're singing like four worship songs. No, you need to have that every day and take every word captive, take every thought captive, and then also turn that around and go from cursing to blessing. That's yeah. another transformational outcome we could talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I love that you brought in the word integrity earlier because yes. that is a, I mean, it's probably a good place for us to just land there because when we talk about moving from fragmented to integrated, there's probably, like many of these transformational outcomes, a hundred illustrations we could share sure. that touch on different parts of life and how this looks. So listeners, think about your particular context relationships, your workplace, your kids you're taking care of, your grandkids, whatever other things that are in your life and mm -hmm. go, am I approaching things by putting them into these little buckets and slots and making them all sort of fragmented and unconnected? Yes. Or am I like looking at my life holistically and saying, okay, whole life discipleship, yes. wholehearted discipleship means that Jesus is Lord over all these things. And he's actually, the scriptures say he's awaiting and patiently as we, as the church does its mission to bring all things under the feet of Jesus, yes. everything will be subject to him. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to live as a foretaste of that by actually living that out in an integrated way. But the point you're making is it's about the integration is about integrity because it means being consistent mm -hmm. that when I say Jesus is Lord on Sunday morning, yes. that Jesus is Lord also on Monday yeah. and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day yep. and all moments, right? So we, we of course, struggle in that. So we're not asking for perfection. No, we're not. We are asking for, can I change uh -huh. my approach and live in accountability in a congregation like a local body like ours? to say, I do want Jesus to be Lord of all the parts of my life. That's what we mean by having that integrity, That's living right. in an integral way. And reiterating the permission to have baby steps as we do progress. It's yeah. not about perfection, but it is about direction. Yeah. Are we living a Godward life? Are we immersing in the Word of God and in fellowship and in prayer? All those spiritual disciplines and goals we talked about a while ago. We're glad to be back here, though, in two, uh, 2024 with Pastor Brent from his vacation, from his illness, from illness to health. And uh, this is Paul Underberg, the director of Disciple by Doing. Looking forward to episode 37 coming up with three more transformational outcomes and many good interviews on the docket. Have a great week. <laughs>